Okay, good evening. Welcome to the Whatever Show. This is going to be episode number two, and uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different things here. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I don't think anyone's ever said it right the first time. <laughs> I don't even know if he says it right half the time. No, just, um, like, just call me Ben. Right. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about in this episode is uh, trailers. We've got a shit ton of trailers. Um, Star Wars, obviously huge. We got uh, the the leaked Donna Justice trailer, uh, Terminator Genesis, and uh, the official Ant Man trailer. So um, that's we're, we're going to cover all that stuff plus a couple other key items. So um, again, second show. Hope you guys enjoy it. Also, one thing I should hit up to that that's really exciting. Uh, website is live. We have an email. So questions at whatevery.co. Hit us up. Uh, and you can follow us at whatevery show on Twitter. And of course, you can like our Facebook page, uh, whatever you show. Not only can you, you should. Make it a law, but nobody let me be the dictator of anything. Right? So what's new this week? What's new this week? Man, not a lot. Um... I, I did watch a couple more episodes of Daredevil, though I'm I'm probably not as far into it as I should be, because um, I have one of those stupid jobs. Because we still don't get paid to do this, so no kidding. Um, and and other than that, I mean, I th- I think there's been a, a couple big things this week, but uh, but I think we should probably cover that in our in our normal show. Yeah. Um, what's new with you? Not that much. Um, finished Daredevil. Could could not stop myself. Like many many sleepless nights watching the damn thing. <laughs> but it was really good, and the payoff the payoff was really good too. And uh, it wraps the season rather nicely, but it uh, keeps going from there. That's Actually, that should that should hit the show too. That should go on the show at some point. Just that's that's good. I'm I'm uh, I, I've heard good things about, especially about the end of it. Um, and honestly, the the majority of what I've heard in the middle is is kind of slow. But to me, that just means there's there's probably some good uh, story and uh, character building during that during that period of time. So I'm I'm not going to be disappointed there. I don't think. Yeah, definitely. There is a lot of good stuff in the middle there. So, well, let's. Uh, should we jump on into this week's show? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So, um, where where do you want to start? There's uh, should we should we start with kind of the big thing this week, which was the the leaked Dawn of Justice trailer? Uh, well, there's so many big things this week. We got a Dawn of Justice trailer. We got a new Star Wars trailer. Um, I personally thought the Ant Man trailer was pretty awesome too. And then I want to talk a little bit about Daredevil just in the show, just sort of a you know where are we at, what are we thinking type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, as far as all the all the new trailers are concerned, um, I'm not sure how new Ant Man is, but um, because I I didn't actually catch it when it eh, first. It was dropped. more of a. I think it was the second trailer. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But uh, oh, Battlefield. Do you play Battlefield? I I do not. That's uh worth looking into. Like if if you're interested in that at all, like the Battlefield is just pretty awesome i mean it's a shooter style game sort of there's a lot of different elements to it too like you can also play a bit as a jedi um and it's probably super cheap i think i bought it for like four bucks on steam or something like that 
Right on. Um, so I guess if we're going to talk about that, we should probably talk about Battlefront then, right? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Battlefront. Battlefront. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah cuz that's that's the new one that's it's uh there's a new one dropping pretty soon. Battlefront 3, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I guess let's open with uh Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Um Okay. Big big thing for fans is is the big the big Donna Justice trailer leak. Um, uh, and I kind of have to wonder these days if if the leaks are are actual leaks or if they're just uh, quote unquote leaks to to get more attention. Um, in this particular case, I don't fucking care. Um, I I think the way they put that trailer together was genius. Um, there's nothing about it that I didn't like. Um, in fact, a lot of things that I liked about it. Um, you didn't see in the trailer. Number one, uh, you did not actually see Lex Luthor, but you could hear him if you listen closely. You uh, can definitely hear Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I was hoping I was hoping you'd catch that in there because I definitely heard Jesse too, um, and I thought how they added him into the trailer there was really well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I think we, you and I talked about this uh, via text message earlier in the week. Uh, I'm probably one of the three. Uh, comic book readers out there that has not read um, the uh, Batman uh, is it Dark Batman? Knight? Yeah, the, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Um, I I have started it. Uh, nowhere near finished at this point. Um, yeah, it's a long series. Um, it'll take you a few days probably to get through unless you just sit down and read it front to back. Yeah, it's 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 huge. Uh, definitely well written though. Uh, Frank Miller obviously is is known to be one of the better comic book writers out there, if not the best by some people. Uh, even even with l- what little I've read of it so far, um, and kind of already having known the backstory when I went in, I can definitely see elements of that in the trailer. Dude, anybody, anybody that has a complaint about Ben Affleck being Batman uh, obviously has not seen that trailer yet, because... Oh, I think anybody that was worried about Ben Affleck as Batman probably got shut right the fuck up as soon as that trailer popped up. Yeah, yeah, dude, that, yeah, it was, that trailer was pretty amazing. I watched it again uh, just a little bit ago uh, with the wife and the kids. The kids are stoked, like, they don't even want to wait until 2016 now. They're just like, why can't we watch this now? Oh, no kidding. Um, I probably had just about the same reaction. Um, The, okay, so when you get through the Dark Knight uh, Returns, you'll see even more why this trailer is so freaking awesome and why it gives so much hope to the series, like as far as whether or not it's going to be good or not. Because there is so much uh, um, of The Dark Knight Returns in the trailer alone. First off, this is sort of a different Superman story, at least based on what we've seen in the trailer, from the typical Superman story. Like, the typical Superman story, I think Superman is... Uh, unquestionably the hero he's unquestionably the good guy he's the boy in blue you know the 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 boy scout sort of character right um and that's almost always how he's described with some variation of that uh this one's not this one it opens up with everybody sort of like oh my gosh can we even trust this guy he's so super powerful um which is a valid question. I mean, Superman at any point could probably take over the planet before we even realized what was happening. You know, uh, Injustice. I don't know. Have you ever read Injustice? Yes. Yes, I've, I've read, read the first, um, I'm going to say probably 15 or so of the, the weekly uh, short short digital comics. 
Yeah, I, I the same. I, I think I, I might have read a little farther than that, but I'm not caught up by any means. But it's an, a really interesting idea, um, if nothing else, for the fact that it shows really what Superman can do so, should he choose to. Um, so this trailer kind of opens up with that idea. I, I don't know. I doubt we'll see Superman being a super bad guy in this or even kind of a morally gray character. I think we're probably going to push more and more towards the... Um, classic Boy Scout in Blue type of thing that Superman usually has going for him. I, I honestly think we do need to push a little bit more toward the, the Boy in Blue character uh, compared to what we had in Man of Steel. Man of Steel was probably about as dark as we want to see Superman go, especially totally this agree. early in the franchise. Totally agree. Um, so anyway, that part I thought was really interesting part of the trailer. They're clearly going a different direction than the typical story, and they're clearly framing it a different way than the typical story, which I think sets up the whole idea of Batman fighting Superman to begin with, because typically those are two of the best friends in basically any story you know, where they both coincide, with a few exceptions, most notably the Dark Knight Returns. And so you see more of the Dark Knight Returns influence in that trailer um, from everything to, from the bat suit. The bat suit and the bat symbol are taken right out of the Dark Knight Returns that they're using here. They're going with an older Batman than we've seen previously. They're going with a just a huge, a big Batman. They're going with a Batman that looks physically imposing. Um, comparison, I mean, makes Christian Bale's Batman look positively slender. Um, yeah. You know, like a ballet dancer compared to how jacked he is in this trailer. Affleck is definitely jacked in this. And, and what I really dug about the, the trailer and, and what you saw of him in the trailer um, is is the gray in the hair. It's almost Reed Richards-like, the way he's got the, the, the gray above the temples. And um, maybe maybe we're talking DC, so maybe, maybe we'll say, like, 90s Hal Jordan. But, yeah. Uh, Love that. Love that part too. Yeah, and and they and even though they made him a little bit older in this, I don't. Uh, he's not quite as old. I don't think as is is the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Uh, that Bruce Wayne was uh, definitely definitely older. Um, you know, having having cocktails with Commissioner Gordon yeah. at the beginning. So I think I think in Returns he's probably pushing fifty. Uh, um, or maybe it, it early into his 50s in the trailer we're seeing here i mean it's ben affleck and we know his real age but he can't i think he's probably in his early 40s or something like that right. so it's still a believable batman uh, um i guess from a physical side of things because you know the comics i think they can get away with having a little bit older batman because it's just numbers on the page whereas in real life we kind of understand that you know people break down a little bit as you get older so <laughs> definitely definitely um so yeah all in all um definitely looking forward to that one um i don't i don't think there's probably a whole lot we can cover in addition to what we already have just based on on the oh. limited amount that we got from it. unless you had any other you you gotta go with the closing line which is th that uh, uh ben affleck delivers saying uh tell me do you bleed? You will. You will. Easily the most badass thing. Like, I'll watch the entire movie just to see that line because it's so well done. Yeah. And, it, and that right there was where I was really like, oh, yep, yep, Ben Affleck's Batman. Like, no problem. Honestly, um, and, and I spoke at a turn. Train. I, I spoke at a turn when I was when I was going to wrap that segment up um, just because of the fact that uh, there, there was something I wanted to touch on, and that is the... Uh, bat flag bat voice which i think was probably a big concern for a lot of people 
um, turns out to be not a concern at all because they're they're using some uh, like you know a, a digital um, voice emulation, yeah. uh, which I mean, can you can you do that better if you don't have Kevin Conroy? He's like in the tank suit, so I'm wondering if that's the voice we're gonna get because presumably Batman's not gonna be in the tank suit for the whole movie. Right. So I'm wondering if if we're gonna hear his voice through modulation the entire time, which honestly I think would be fine. That that voice I thought was really well suited for Batman, and again, you know, for not being Kevin Conroy, um, I thought that voice was really well suited. So I'd be fine with that. But yeah, that that line just amazing. And yes, absolutely no fear about the the Bat voice at all anymore. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. So I guess I guess since we're on the subject of trailers, we should probably uh, address the elephant in the room. Yeah, uh, the the six foot tall Wookiee in the room. Chewie, we're home. What? Okay. Uh, uh, no, uh, did you not tear up just a little bit, or get that like feeling of such intense nostalgia that like, oh my gosh, that you know, like. I I don't know even how to describe it, but I was watching that scene and like again immediately sold. I was like, oh, Huey and Chan are back. Huey and Chan, well, Chewie and in Han. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, um, I I don't think I don't think you could not. Um, that that was probably and and this was a full trailer too. I mean, they called it a teaser too, but this was a full trailer. Um, yeah, and there was a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah, a, a ton. The voiceover by Mark Hamill at the beginning. Uh, you you could not i i don't think you could have written a better a better voiceover well okay so did you catch that's actually from return of the jedi that's the speech like that that's what he's telling leia when he's he's uh telling leia that he's his sister or he's his he is her brother right and uh and but i but i think that was new dialogue i do i i think it was the same the same words but i think that was new dialogue because it doesn't sound um like jedi see i was wondering about that too because i clearly heard a younger luke like i don't think that was present day luke what i think the speculation has been is that they took return they took the the, the um audio from return and kind of spliced it around a little bit so same 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 audio but in different order but anyway, I, I it was interesting, if nothing else, because I clearly heard a younger Luke there talking. So I'm wondering if that's just, you know, framing for the trailer or if we're going to see that line play out again in Force Awakens. Yeah, um, I honestly, I don't care either way. I think the, the trailer was exactly what it needed to be. The um, tell me, I mean, I mean, obviously we, we talked about the Chewie, you know, we're home. And and just kind of the the overwhelming nostalgia that you get, but but how how much did you shudder, and, and in a good way, I mean, like when you saw the Vader helmet, the melted Vader helmet. Oh God, there was so much uh, um, in that trailer that I loved. The melted Vader helmet was definitely part of the icing i think on the cake but there's a lot of um things like we saw a lot of big set pieces and backgrounds but even those gave me a lot of hope for the movie in general um like when we open we're on a desert style planet and you can see a star destroyer has crashed in the 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 planet which that set piece just again just a beautiful piece to begin with 
Um, but there's another shot in the trailer somewhere where it actually shows a, a working uh, flying Star Destroyer in space. And I thought they captured that really well. Like, that really felt like the original trilogy to me. Like, even though we know that all of the effects have got to be different these days, and they're probably not using miniatures like they did in the original trilogy, they're probably using some blend of CG or uh, practical effects. But the, the way that that scene was shot gave me a lot of hope for the movie in general, because it looks and feels like Star Wars which ironically the 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 only other trilogy we have the prequel trilogy to me looking back does not like it does not look like the original trilogy nearly as much as it should once you see this in comparison to it yeah like man if, I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that and and i've heard every excuse under the sun as far as why this stuff looks so newer or so much newer and 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 spruced up in the in the prequel trilogy and it and there's just i don't care there's no excuse for it um there's there's no way that the empire being around for 17 years caused the entire galaxy to devolve um yeah. as as much as as that would show so um i'm i'm glad that even though we have the technology we we built off of what we had in the original trilogy and not off of what we had in the prequels um it'll it will surprise me if they mention the anything from the prequels at all i mean other than maybe some character references uh based on you know any any revelation that luke and leia may have about their roots and where they came from but i I don't i don't probably think they'll they'll even really bring attention to those movies in any oh, way, i think or form. i think honestly they may bring attention the only way they'll bring attention to them is in a roundabout sort of way which you could have probably inferred from things that were said in the original trilogy like for example we know that darth vader has some sort of horrible accident and i i doubt like if they brought something like that up i think it'd be more of a reference to the original trilogy than it would be the prequel trilogy but in terms of look and feel like technology aspects aside um because i think the original trilogy, I mean, let's let's face it, we did not have the technology to show some of the set pieces that could exist in the Star Wars universe, in, in the Star Wars universe, like Coruscant, for example. Um, but the uh, general aesthetic, color choices, and CG, and, and the obviousness of it in the prequel trilogy, just to me makes the movie look just, I don't know, the best way I could say it is too shiny. Like if you go back and compare it to the the original trilogy, the original trilogy uh, um, has flatter colors and, and it's definitely more dark. I think there's a lot more space uh, um, involved than space in night settings. You know, you have a lot of space scenes and carriers and the dark dark uh, star destroyers and Death Star and Dagobah, <clears throat> and then when you get to the prequel trilogy, we're on uh, Tatooine and um, Coruscant and Naboo and these big flashy colorful set pieces looks a little bit closer to something like a, a Blue People Avatar than it does like a Star Wars movie. So Right, right. Yeah, I, the, I'm, I'm with you. I, I guess that's the uh, um, little bit of the photography nerd. Like it's, it's somebody clearly, whoever the, the DP is on that movie, um, must be taking a lot more cues from the original trilogy, I think, than than from the prequel trilogy. Which to me is just a sign of good things to come. Like, yeah, yeah, and I, I think you have to. I mean, I think those are the movies that people respect as being canon, um, even if because it, it doesn't matter uh, if you like the 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 prequels or if you don't. Um, episodes four, five, and six are are it. Oh yeah, 
So definitely. Um. Um. So do you, this is kind of an interesting thing too. You did hear that none of the expanded universe or basically anything outside of the two trilogies is considered canon anymore. Uh, I, yeah, it kind of has to be uh, that way because honestly, I was I was thinking about that, and um, this this might spoil some things for people that haven't read a lot of the books, but I have read a lot of the books, um, and. The New Jedi Order in particular is, is one that, that came to mind as soon as I saw the trailer because Chewie dies in, mm-hmm. in the New Jedi Order and the New Jedi Order is set in a period of time that's that's quite a bit after Jedi. It's like about, I think it's 20 years after Jedi. Um, but uh, obviously this is a, is, is a little bit older in terms of that. Um, or, I mean, when we're talking about Han and, and Chewie and stuff like that in the in the new movie, The Force Awakens. So the fact that Chewie's there, um, obviously, kind of discounts anything that happened in the in the books between the end of of the original trilogy and where we're at now. Um, honestly, that doesn't bother me so much as long as they tell a good story. Um, I kind of hope they they take some from those books in terms of. Um, some of the characters that, that that we've met through there, because I think those are some there. There is some amazing characters that are that are introduced, especially in that first uh, trilogy written by Timothy Zahn afterwards. So uh, I'm not expecting a a Thrawn trilogy or anything like that by any means. But if they're allowed to um, at least borrow some of the characters, that would that would make me happy as a fan. Oh yeah, definitely. Like there's a. Um... Too much in the expanded universe, you know, even including the video games, that you should just completely ignore it. However, I think it's probably the right decision to reset the the canon uh, um, back to the movies and things like that because the expanded universe limited them or would have limited them quite a bit in what they could do from here out. That and I really like the idea that we're going to get a completely new story. We're going to get something that, again, you know, maybe like the Batman Superman thing is heavily influenced by the Dark Knight Returns think Star Wars uh, uh, Force Awakens could be heavily influenced by things we've already seen in the expanded universe, but that it'll be still a new enough story that, um, you know, purely from a story point of view, it'd, it'd be worth it to see or read or, you know, whatever. So I'm interested in that. I, very, I think that's going to be cool. Very very much the same as, as how we talked about The Walking Dead, uh, the comics versus the, the show. Um, it's... It's it's great to have the comics, or in this case, the expanded universe to to draw from. But it's for for the visual audience um, and for the fans that have already read all of the books. Um, we don't necessarily want to see what we've already read. I mean, maybe some of us do. I can't speak for everybody, but I'm I myself am am really looking forward to seeing something new that I haven't seen before that I haven't read before. So yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, that's actually probably one of the most intriguing points for this for me anyway, is that there's clearly some throwback um, to the original trilogy. I mean, we're getting a Luke Skywalker voiceover. We see the Vader helmet and Star Destroyers and the end scene, which is so far my favorite one, is Chewie and Han. Um, but all of the other characters, I have no clue. I have no clue who they are, what they're going to be about. Um, you know, the the quote-unquote bad guy in this movie so far the only thing i know of is that his name is kylo ren and even then i'm not even sure if he's the bad guy so 
uh, really mm. super interested to see what they can do here. Right. But we so know, far, we know there's the Jedi with the with the with the funky uh, lightsaber, and and then there's also that that crazy stormtrooper thing. Yeah. Um. There's been so much speculation about who or what that could be, uh, like. And that's really funny because if you read any of this stuff online, then you you hear a lot of speculation or read a lot of speculation about things that happened in the expanded universe. Like, that's going to be Boba Fett or something like that because it happened in book 19 of the whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, of course, we're resetting the canon here, so that, that doesn't necessarily hold any truth. And it's just as likely that could be a brand new character we've never seen before. Yeah, I, I, I almost, you know... And and this is this is obviously I don't want to I don't want to kill what we've got going on with our podcast, but I kind of kind of ignore the internet when it comes to situations like this because I don't. Not only is ninety percent of it wrong, um, but I don't even want to know about the ten percent that are right because I want to see it myself when it comes out. Oh yeah, I'm kind of killing any sort of speculation. Like, and I'll probably watch the trailers because so far the trailers are the kind of movie trailers I want to see. Like, they're enough to get you intrigued. Um, but don't give away the whole movie, which is too often a flaw with uh, promotional materials for movies these days. But um, I probably will stop reading, watching, or doing anything except for seeing the trailers at this point because right. I don't want to walk in knowing too much about the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the quote-unquote internet buzz can sometimes sometimes kill things uh, quite a bit, and and I definitely. So, sort of ironic after we we just spent 30 minutes now dissecting two trailers for movies coming out in the next year it is ironic but i mean uh, i i think what we're trying to do more than anything is is say what we liked about it and yeah definitely um you know i mean dawn of justice was obviously meant to be modeled after kind of the the dark knight returns um whereas this is you know the the force awakens is is brand new you know we don't we don't know and we shouldn't speculate so yeah there's a part of me that wants to uh take every frame from the trailer and blow it up and and analyze and inspect every single detail but on the other hand i'm really excited to just walk into the theater and be blown away which um i think i was taking a more cautioned approach before i'd seen the trailer and now i'm kind of on board like I think the worst case scenario is we get a we get a passing average movie. Uh, I, I, my my wife will back me up on this. Uh, when when I first heard that they were doing episode seven shortly after the announcement that Disney had purchased Lucasfilm, I was on board from the beginning because my my take on it from from the day one was well, it's not going to be worse than the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Well, I guess that's a a good positive outlook. So, I, I mean, I I've I felt, I mean, I I won't necessarily say I felt good about it from the beginning, but I I didn't feel bad about it by any means. And now, now I'm definitely at that point where I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward. Um, my one of my one of my good friends that lives on the East Coast actually texted me last night about this, and and his words were, "This is the honest to goodness real fucking Beatles back together again." Oh, so. that, that is actually kind of a almost a perfect metaphor. Yeah. Because it's... let's just say the Beatles did get back together today. You know, like zombie Ringa or uh, not, zombie Lennon comes back and we managed to... Zombie, zombie Harrison. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a good chance that we're going to get another Sgt. Pepper or White Album 
But the worst the Beatles ever did was still way better than a lot of other groups did. So I'm really excited from that standpoint of I I do think that's probably astute. Like this is the Beatles getting back together and and the worst we could get from this is still a pretty good movie. So, yeah, the the worst thing that they're going to put together is a farewell tour, you know. Right. And I'm okay with that. So that that and I felt a little bit more confident hearing uh, Star Wars being sort of reannounced because Abrams, J.J. Abrams, is at the helm of this thing. And uh, I'm assuming you've seen the the Star Trek reboot. uh, Sure. And uh, Sure. uh, Wrath of Khan. I don't remember what they called it. Into Darkness. Uh, My complaint about those movies were they weren't Star Trek-y enough. Like, Star Trek was more exploration and sort of slower action in most places. They felt to me like more uh, like Star Wars movies than they did feel like Star Trek movies. So when I heard JJ was announced to sort of lead this thing, I I was feeling pretty confident about it because I think uh, Star Wars is well suited to JJ Abrams. And so far, everything that we've seen um, just kind of reinforces that. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I kind of wanted to uh, to address uh, some of the things that I that I read online. Um, in regards to the the new trailer, and that is the negative outcry that some fans are having about J.J. Abrams. Um, just stop, man, because J.J. Abrams did not do what I would consider a bad job at all with the Star Trek movies. Um, yeah, they were a little bit more episodic in terms of, of the overall tone of the first two movies. I think the first one had to be because you had to set up the, the story um, for the the I will call it a soft reboot because it isn't a complete reboot, yeah. and the second one um, honestly was based off of circumstances. Uh, I think from the first one, uh, just in terms of up where the characters went from there. I think I think if we have a third one, it'll be a little bit more on the exploration side of things. But that actually they've already announced that I think. Um... The original script writer um, kind of got canned, which is good because from everything I read, he's responsible for a lot of terrible, terrible movies and decisions and movies. Um, but uh, the, the next one is supposed to be a lot more exploration based. But, you know, going back to what you said, you know, people harped on Abrams. But the thing is, he didn't make a bad movie. I still really like both of those movies. There's just certain elements of them missing um, for a Star Trek movie. Uh, um, and exploration, I think the or the idea of exploration was a big part of that. Like my my biggest complaint is, it's nice to have these sort of fan nods back to the um, original Trek. Sure. Or, but uh, I want to see something new. I want to see them go out and show us something we haven't seen before, because that's a big part I think of what makes Star Trek Star Trek. So I'm kind of hoping the same is true for Star Wars. I I expect that the uh, Force Awakens is going to have a lot more fan service, and then as we get a, a movie or two out, um, you know, like d- I think this is going to be a trilogy as well. So I think the further out we get, the the more new, the more its own thing it's going to be. So, My- but no, again, I, I I don't think Abrams did a bad job with Star Trek. They're definitely good movies. Just, they're just not as trekky as they could have been. My my feeling in terms of, of the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars in this particular situation. He took Star Trek, uh, which is something that he actually had very little knowledge of, um, which he admitted himself. And he took a franchise that was essentially kind of going nowhere at that point. 
um, re restarted it and made it his own. And with Star Wars, I, I really feel like he's taking something that almost has been taken away from the fans based on the prequels and the negative reaction that we got from the prequels. And I, I think he's Special really trying edition to... Special hell. Right. I, th- I think he's trying to stay true to what the original stories were and give us something new um, and give it back to us as fans. And I, from what I've seen from the trailer, and, and this is just a judgment call, but it, it looks like he's doing just that, and I'm, I'm happy with where we're at so far. Yep, totally agree. So, uh, let's jump into uh, Genesis, because that's, that's, that's hitting soon, isn't it? Is, is that, that's June, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I was hesitant when I first saw that they were doing a new Terminator, and then I saw the, um, the, the original teaser for it, and that's when I, I noticed that it looks like they're actually kind of taking a, a different spin on the whole thing. They're going back to the first movie. Um, essentially, um, but See, but they're they're kind of redoing it and and using past movies as as a basis for why things are different now. What do you think? Uh, I'm wondering if they're gonna Days of Futures past it, as in they're gonna do a little bit of retconning the universe. Which, as I said, with Days of Futures past, and we'll probably come back to X Men in a little bit, but. I wouldn't mind them doing that. Like Terminator 2 was by far the peak of the series so far. If we could uh, eliminate any any references to Rise of the Machines, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, ditto. Um <laughs> Salvation was meh meh. Salvation wasn't a, a a terrible movie, but it wasn't very good either. Um but by far again, the Terminator 2 was sort of the peak. And I think that's really what they're playing on a lot here. Um, the The trailer has a lot of sort of nostalgic things going back to Terminator 2. Like, it looks to me like the Terminator baddie in this movie is going to be sort of the liquid metal Terminator. It is, It is in fact, a T-1000. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited I'll, I'll to where, see that. I'll tell you where I think they went wrong with Salvation. Um, I think they had the the right story for salvation but i think they they when they cast it they they wanted to uh to really play off of the the christian bale hype at that point um and i think a lot of people probably thought that christian bale as john connor was a no-brainer but when you actually watch the movie start to finish the movie isn't about john connor it's about kyle reese and i i think casting christian bale as john connor took away from the kyle reese aspect oh definitely uh, and in fact, I think that's like a sort of inside baseball. I think that movie was rewritten a little bit to accommodate Christian Bale because yeah. I mean, he's, he's uh, Christian Bale is amazing. Um, but again, that changed the story too much away from what it should have been probably. So I really like the idea of it. I really like the idea of telling a story in the future, in the, the, you know, the shit, so to speak of, of the Terminator series, but too many flaws. Agreed. But yeah, I think they're. I think they're probably with this movie. You know, we get some more time travel shenanigans. Um, so I think that's a very likely possibility that they're gonna they're going to sort of not quite erase those movies or their events, but sort of reset the timeline a little bit. So set to, to set the of... stage for for new Terminator movies down the road. Right. Uh, you know, here's here's the big question, and that's. 
why why is the Terminator gray at this point? I was wondering that too. Kind of kind of hope they explain that a little bit. I kind of expect they will. Like since we're using synthetic, you know, biological tissue or whatever. Right. We we designed it to age to be more natural because that's what you need in a killing machine. Something that makes you feel comfortable before he murders you. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't I don't we probably don't need to spend a ton of time on Terminator because I think Terminator is what Terminator is and I think people that are interested in Terminator are going to see it. Um, people that didn't care about Terminator before this podcast probably still won't care about Terminator afterward. Um, yeah, I, 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 I remain cautiously optimistic about this. I mean, if nothing else, it'll be worth see- seeing the nostalgia standpoint of you know, seeing Arnold back in one of his sort of iconic roles. This is this is one that I don't know if I'll rush out and see while it's in the theaters. At least maybe not while it's in um, you know first Same. run. I might I might I might see it when it hits the the cheap theater at uh, at some point, but not not right away. Same. The one that I will see right away though um, will be Ant Man. Uh, oh, I, was, I wasn't sure. Um, then I saw the the first teaser to it, and. I really, really think that Paul Rudd is not going to be Paul Rudd in this movie. And I, I, I kind of, I'm excited to see what he can do outside of every other role that he's ever been in. Right. Um, so Ant-Man, yeah, Paul Rudd. Okay, so did you know anything about Ant-Man going into the trailers? A little bit. I knew what could fill the first three paragraphs of a Wikipedia article. Because I read the first three paragraphs of a Wikipedia article. <laughs> and and we know that we should live and die by Wikipedia. Correct, yes. Like, <laughs> anytime that... Actually, I love the age we live in, because anytime anybody says anything which I don't have any knowledge of, I can read Wikipedia and at least not sound like a complete moron discussing it. True, true. Um, just, just a regular moron. Yeah, so uh, Paul Rudd is the... Um, from my understanding, the second incarnation of Ant-Man. Yeah, he plays Scott Lang in this movie, which is kind of an interesting directed direction because the original Ant-Man, and the one I would have guessed they would have gone with, would have been um, Hank Pym. Sure. But that's sort of a difference, I think, in how they're doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe because, as we know, Avengers Age of Ultron is coming up. And who was responsible for Ultron? Hank Pym. Yeah, if you said Tony Stark, you would have been wrong, but that's the way they're going with the MCU. So I think they may be skipping past Hank Pym uh, simply because of the the way that the Avengers events played out and because of the timeline. Uh, um, If they wanted to get Hank Pym as part of the Ultron storyline, they really would have had to have him in the Phase 2 to be ready for Age of Ultron. And since Um. they didn't, we we get Tony Stark as Ultron's progenitor and and then a, a Scott Lang movie instead. So from my understanding, that's not a hundred percent correct because I I think Ant Man actually still is technically considered Phase Two. Sorry, maybe I've got my phases out of order. Phase Three, Phase One, I don't know. Uh, we're, phase we're, One. We're... I guess what I'm saying is Hank Pym would have really needed to be Phase One then to uh, make it to the uh, Age of Ultron, which means this Ant-Man movie probably would have happened, had to have happened three years ago, but I don't think it could have happened three years ago because I don't think um, Marvel would have had the the credibility, basically, to pull off an Ant-Man movie. No, I think I think Ant-Man is, is the character that not a lot of people really 
um, cared about outside of, of you know your diehard Marvel Comics fans. Uh, I'll be honest, it's not one I cared about, and I'm a huge comics fan. Uh, just didn't. I Do mean, you know? there there's almost nothing that I've read over the last twenty some odd years of reading comics where Ant Man has been integral in saving the universe or anything. Yeah, same. Um, I think that's a kind of a testament to what Marvel is as a property these days, because I think we were kind of talking about this a little bit on the last show. Uh, I now see the Marvel name on things and assume it's going to be good. Um, Guardians was the other, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was the other big question mark last year. It was sort of a meta in-joke if you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, where uh, John C. Riley's character says something along the lines after they introduce all the Guardians. says something like, I don't know if this was a good idea. Um, right. And, and of course the meta joke being that they're making a multi-million dollar budget uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which no one has heard of prior to this. But again, the Marvel name is now so big that I think that people will now go see a movie simply because it's got Marvel in front of it. And and what was Guardians of the Galaxy? Fantastic. Yeah, Guardians, Guardians turned out totally great. So I think Ant-Man's probably going to play a similar uh, role. I think Ant-Man's probably going to be a perfectly good movie. And I think we're going to get a lot more of what we've already kind of seen from Marvel. And actually, you said, you know, I'm, I'm glad it doesn't seem to be Paul Rudd playing Paul Rudd, which is funny because I actually really like Paul Rudd and, you know, almost every, every character role he plays, you know, that sort of half sarcastic uh, uh, bit that he does. Dude. And that was one of my favorite parts of the trailer um, was when, when he says, you know, I'm ready to be something more than a thief that breaks into build, buildings and steals things. And so what do you want me to do? Uh, right. I want you to break into buildings and steal things. I, I, I thought that Hank Pym or, or um, Michael Douglas, as it is, um, I, I thought he delivered that so well based on... I mean, obviously, the, it could be cut differently in the trailer than what we're going to see in the movie, but it I, I thought it played really well. Um, and, and honestly, I'm glad that, that we do get Hank Pym. I think that's Marvel doing what Marvel does best. Um they they do that sort of wit and humor um, in comic book movies, and they embrace the sort of comic-y aspect of it a little bit more than DC does, and I really like that. Uh, and I think that's actually probably a big key to their success is that all of their movies have had a sort of whimsy to them, um, whereas most of the DC Universe movies, uh, with a few notable exceptions like Green Lantern, which didn't turn out well at all, but uh, uh, especially their bigger movies like the Dark Knight trilogy, and uh, now what we're seeing from Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs. Superman, th- they tend to be darker and, and less humorous um, than Marvel movies. So, But I think that, again, that, that doesn't necessarily work in their favor. I think that's a big thing that people are cla- uh, clamoring for. We kind of see the same sort of dynamic with The Flash and Arrow, which are both DC properties, but very different in tone. Uh, being, uh, being treated completely differently from the from the movie side of things, which... Yeah, I, we talked about that last time. I think that's a mistake, but we won't we won't dwell on that this week. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, overall, Ant Man, I'm looking forward to it. I I think it's going to be good. Definitely, uh, another character that you know, like prior to have seen seeing the trailer and the teasers and things like that, I just did not care about, and it actually looks like a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. Well, I guess since we're on Marvel, 
um, speaking, you know, the MCU, as it were, we should probably jump into the Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Cumberbatch, um, I think is going to be fantastic, actually, as as Doctor Strange. I wasn't completely sold um, based on what I had seen from Sherlock. Sherlock is an amazing uh, show, and I think he does great in it. I hadn't actually seen him though uh, do a role that was um, quite what Doctor Strange is until uh, actually I think his his role as Khan in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness is actually kind of what uh, turned me around on that. Um, I, I I think based on on what he did in Into Darkness, I I think he'll have no problem stepping into the uh, the cape as it were of of Doctor Strange. Definitely. Um, first off, I know very little about Doctor Strange. That's another sort of Marvel property that I just sort of trust them to do the right thing with. He's um, kind of an asshole. Most of my experience with Doctor Strange actually probably comes from the Ultimate Universe, and I think the only thing I really remember uh, Strange in was um, Ultimate Spidey. I think Peter Parker ran into uh, um, Doctor Strange in that run. And it was kind of a passing mention, so I don't really know much about the character, but Cumberbatch is somebody that I'm sort of a big fan of lately because pretty much everything I've seen him in has been really good. Um, Sherlock, of course, being the thing that he's known for, which is probably one of my favorite series um, to date. And then the other big thing that I think that people would know him from are either um, Star Trek Into Darkness, which, he, again, he did really well in, or uh, uh, The Lord of the Rings is the voice of Smog. Uh, Imitation Game is the big, is the big, the big one that he, he was in recently, too, um, yeah. aside from being Smog. And um, I, I'm desperate to watch that movie because um, Imitation Game, if you're not aware, if you're listening and don't know what it is, is the story of Alan Turing's life, which is sort of the um, father of modern computing. So, one of one of the forefathers for sure. Definitely, and a huge had a huge role in um, how World War II turned out based on his code breaking analytics and things like that. So definitely i desperately want to see it and and i think that could really be the movie that helps uh show what cumberbatch can do as an actor um but you know i haven't seen it so i guess we'll have to wait and see i i've not watched it yet either i do have it but i have i have not checked it same. out yet so same uh well what do we got next uh so cumberbatch uh, we're we're confident that he's going to be a, a good doctor strange i think i can say that safely um who Who's next? What do we got? Um, oh, still Marvel, different uh, different universe. Uh, X-Men franchise. How about uh, Olivia Munn being cast as uh, Psylocke? Alright, so... My opinion of Olivia Munn... She's obviously very pretty, but I've not been convinced by anything that she can act. So, uh, um... I don't know. That I, I'm cautiously optimistic there's been a lot of good things said about olivia munn but i don't really know much of her outside of the the g4 tech tv days and to me i i thought her relevance there was a little bit more as as sort of the model than it was the um you know like i don't know a way to say this without uh, uh slamming munn but she just she seemed more like a pretty face than anything so i i can't speak to her acting ability because i i actually can't say that i've watched anything that she's been in yet either um, 
she definitely, definitely does look like Psylocke, though. And at least what I imagine Psylocke should look like based on cartoon characters that were drawn on the pages of a magazine that I read. See, I was going to ask you about that, because Psylocke is not... I, I, I'm not nearly as into X-Men as you are, and Psylocke's not a character that I'm particularly familiar with. And, and for me, at least, um, having some familiar familiarity with the characters, or if I do have familiarity with the characters going in, I think... Uh, how or who is cast you know based on aesthetics alone a lot of the times can be pretty important so so she is a white english consciousness that was transplanted into a um, young attractive asian body and she has telekinetic and, and telepathic capabilities gotcha uh so i mean the only thing i'm looking for in this based on her look is the british accent so <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm pretty sure Miss Mun is is um, American. So, yeah, who? Yeah, I I couldn't tell you. I haven't actually done a lot of a lot of research on her. Uh, one thing uh, that I read in this Variety article though about it is that I did not know um, is that Psylocke was apparently one of the characters from The Last Stand who was on uh, in Magneto's entourage during that. Uh, so that's that was news to me, and maybe I just never read the credits. Uh, where she was mentioned by name, I don't know that she was, but I certainly never picked up on it. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Um, the only, I think the thing that gives me the most hope about this is uh, I really like Days of Futures Past. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier in the thing, I thought it was really smart the way, and it was kind of funny because I kind of called it three months before I saw the movie, but I kind of said they're doing some time travel stuff. They really should just go back and retcon the the major portion of X three and go from there because so much that X three did was completely retarded, uh, as well as X Men Origins, which I think is what's paving the way for Deadpool uh, finally being greenlit. I liked Origins, and I, I really liked Days of Futures Past, um, which is another interesting thing. I'm I'm interested to see how we're going to get Quicksilver compared to. Uh, um, Quicksilver in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, you know, Quicksilver in Avengers versus Days of Futures Past. Um, but anyway, I liked, I really liked Days of Futures Past, and Brian Singer has done pretty well with the X Men franchise so far. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to go with with that, and that that's sort of the thing that leaves me a little bit confident about the casting decision because so far they've made some pretty good choices. So. So, so X Men Origins, I think, is probably one of the one of the movies that that is going to be retconned under or after Days of Future Past, and I think that's basically just because of how they treated Deadpool in that movie. Uh, because honestly, it was only it, it was really the only huge mistake of the entire movie. Um, Am I, I misremembering? Because I thought Deadpool, where they screwed up Deadpool, was uh, the Wolverine movie. That was X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, so sorry, sorry. I'm thinking. Of, I think uh, I think you were thinking first class. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah, I'm misremembering. Yeah, uh, Origins Wolverine. Yeah, just completely failed Deadpool. I can't. I couldn't believe how wrong they got that character. And and when I look at it, like the only reason I hate that movie is because of that. Um, honestly, it's definitely not because of Lee Schreiber because he made an amazing Sabretooth. Oh, I agree. I really like Live as a um, Sabretooth. But yeah, Deadpool was definitely one of the things that ruined the movie for me. I mean, they literally took the Merc with a mouth. And, and took away it, his mouth. And took away his mouth. Like, 
I, I really have no idea how a decision like that gets made on a multi-million dollar movie, but you'd think they'd at least consult somebody who had had like the comic book passed in front of them in a meeting or something like that, you know? I, I kind of think that represents everything that's wrong with, and I won't say all, but most comic book movies not involved, I mean, not being the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because Marvel has really gone above and beyond in, in terms of, of getting Marvel's creative staff involved, um, at least, if nothing else, in a consultant role with all those movies, whereas a lot of these other ones, they're just they're just not doing that. Jeff Johns was consulted for Green Lantern, but they didn't, they they didn't use much of what what he had to offer um based on the movie we got so I, oh speaking of consulting for marvel movies did you see uh the sony uh released uh, the sony leaked emails uh kevin fage gave his notes on spider-man 2 no i i actually did not see that yeah i sorry i should have put it in the notes but um You'll have to go back and read that because some of his observations were so freaking spot on. It was ridiculous. Um, the one that springs to mind is you, you've seen the movie, right? Uh, Spider-Man two amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. One of the things that he sort of nailed was why are we having, um, God, I forget his name. The guy that played the Rhino. Why are we having him basically be a cartoon character? Uh, and why aren't we using this more effectively? Especially, we have Paul Giamatti, who's a well-known, well, um, very, very good actor. Can act, be, yes. yeah. He definitely can act, and they turn him into a giant cartoon, basically. Uh, um, that was probably the one that sprung to mind. But there were so many notes in there that were just spot on, which just leaves me more um, happy about what they're doing with uh, bringing Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Sony and Marvel finally partnering on that because I think we're we're probably finally going to see the the Spider Man rather than a good take on one side or the other of Spider Man or Peter Parker. So I'm 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 a little conflicted with this because I actually I and maybe I'm in the minority here, but I didn't think that Garfield did a, did a terrible job as either Spider Man or Peter Parker. I really liked Garfield as Spider-Man compared to, to Maguire Spider-Man because Garfield really got the sort of uh, spunk and, and wit of Spider-Man compared to Maguire. Um, Maguire's jokes is, and stuff like that when he was in the mask fell a little flat to me. But I didn't think Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker, and, and again, no fault to Garfield because I think it was how it was written, but I thought Andrew Garfield's Parker was a little too cool. Like... He was, um, Peter Parker should be much more of an outcast, I thought, and how he was, you know, hooking up with Gwen Stacy so quickly, given that she's like the most popular girl in school type of thing to me was a little bit out of character for who I think Peter Parker is, but see, to me, where I, where I land on, on that is nerds are not outcasts anymore, at least not, not where we were. 20 years ago oh uh, yeah definitely nerds nerds are kind of the 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 new cool in in a lot of circles and i kind of think that's where they were going with with garfield um and and that's to to me that's kind of smart because you're you're talking to your current audience versus uh trying to paint a picture for your current audience of what the past was yeah so i i didn't necessarily have a problem with it um 
I'm a little disappointed actually that that he's not going to continue um in terms of that. I am encouraged by the fact that we are going to get a um a high school Peter Parker for the for the new set of movies. Um Yeah. Though I I think there was a lot of a lot of good Peter Parker slash Spider-Man stories that were told while he was still in high school. Um, and I'm also encouraged by the fact that we're not getting a new origin. We're getting a a a, a somewhat seasoned Spider-Man to to join the the MCU. See, I'm really excited for that because I think that's probably a lot more interesting based on what we've seen so far. Um, but I'm a little bit more confident too because Marvel, I think, does a much better job with the storytelling aspect of you know. Let's just take Spider-Man. Or any of sort of the big name properties, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, etc., out of the equation. I think Marvel is good at telling stories. Um, they certainly use their characters to their advantage, but the stories themselves generally work out a lot better than I think what we've seen from Sony. You know, we just looked at the story aspect of it. So um, I'm encouraged that they're finally bringing in a little bit of help and and getting some actual involvement from Marvel in in Spider-Man. Plus, I'm just really freaking stoked. Like, I, I really wouldn't care how it turned out as long as we get to see Spider-Man with the Avengers at some point and, you know, conversing with Iron Man and so on. So, yeah, I think, you know, the next the next step is 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 getting Wolverine in there. But I think we all know the chances of that happening anytime soon are pretty slim. Yeah, it would be great, though. I mean, like, I hope this works out just so we can get Wolverine like. I hope it works out, and then Marvel's going to go over to Fox and be like, "You see how all the money that Sony's making? Wouldn't <laughs> you like a bit of that money? You know, like, right? Like just even a tiny fraction of bleed over from from the, um, you know, these massive franchises, the Avengers and X Men and Spider Man, has got to be making lots of money. Like, it's got to be making millions upon millions of dollars for them. So, we will see. But I, I, yeah." would love to see Wolverine in there somewhere too, especially because I really freaking like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And I don't think he's, he's done with that character or will be done with that character for some time. So no, no. And it actually kind of pisses me off that he's still listed as, as rumored as being in, in X-Men apocalypse because I mean, Fox has to know and, and singer has to know that if they don't have Wolverine in that movie, that they've just lost 50% 50% of their audience. Oh, I agree. I mean, they they would have to really pull something brilliant out of their ass because first off, I don't think they wouldn't have Wolverine. Like I think Wolverine is too important to the franchise at this point, but I think it's possible they would recast Wolverine or try to go with a younger Wolverine or something like that, but after what they've done with Hugh Jackman, they'd really have to do something amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I I think um uh, I speak for a lot of people when I say that if we're going to have Apocalypse in an X-Men movie, I think we probably want to see Wolverine as, as the horseman of death. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, all right, where do we go from here? We got, uh, going to talk about arrow. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying that I, just for some reason created a secondary tab with my show notes. Um, no, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying that I read the article um, about Roy, and I actually have not watched this week's episode of Arrow yet, so it was a little bit of a spoiler. Um, oh shoot! Not one that I, no no don't 
don't because I'm not actually upset about it. Um, it's it's uh, I I kind of actually um, I'm almost more looking forward to watching this week's now. Um, but uh, yeah. So anybody, if anybody that's this listening that hasn't seen it, uh, this this is a spoiler. Um, uh, but Roy Harper. Um, also known as Arsenal, has uh, has left Team Arrow at this point. Um, he is scheduled to be in the season finale this week, um, but but beyond that, um, it's it's going to be probably limited to cameo appearances, either in Flash or Arrow or or the new spinoff that they're going to be doing. Um, See, I was a little disappointed because I read that, and first off, I I really like Arsenal and Arrow. I think um, that's good for the show, right? But it seemed to me to basically come down to like his contract was up and we didn't want to renew it or something like that. And I, I'm not sure why they wouldn't, um, or if it was simply you know maybe Colton Haynes wanted too much money. I don't really know what it was, but that to me seemed like kind of a lame reason to get rid of the character. Um, and and when I say get rid of, I mean I don't want to spoil again too much, especially since you haven't seen it. But there is definitely a possibility for his return. And we already know he's coming back for small appearances, so hopefully yeah. that's not too much of a spoiler. But yeah, no, no, I know he faked his death in the uh, in the in the most recent episode. Yeah. Um. The what I what I didn't actually take from it that they didn't want to renew it. It it, it seems like he's interested in reprising his role. Um. It, based on his availability, I think um, he's probably taking the smart route. He did Teen Wolf for a little while, um, and then he did this. I, I think he's probably trying to get as much experience as he can doing different things. Um. Yeah. Which for for an actor his age is probably a really good idea because he doesn't want to be typecast. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, lots of actors go on to do nothing else after their sort of iconic roles, and this could very well could be one of his iconic roles. So yeah, but he's I still mean, young enough, and it's still a, a minor enough character that I don't think that's got necessarily got to be all we know him for. So I, I you know, I don't know, I don't know about that because because this is a huge show uh, at this point, and I mean maybe. Maybe I and I could be completely off base. That could be not the right reason at all. But I do know that Mark Hamill, uh, you know, was Luke Skywalker, and to this day, a lot of people still only know Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. They don't know that he's done voiceover acting for the last twenty five years, um, and really well at, at that, um, or that he's done other appearances. You know, his appearances, Trickster in the new Flash series, his appearances as Trickster in the original flash series from the 90s uh he's he's done quite a bit of stuff um you know cock knocker (laughs) definitely but uh i I think colton haynes is probably aware that that things like that can happen though and and i think he's probably doing as much as he possibly can right now um just to get get him get himself seen doing as many different things as he can i I, it's not unreasonable to think that he We'll be back at a, a you know in a full time capacity either at some point. Yeah, certainly. Um, so I don't want to go too far into that because there's a lot more things in that episode, and there are a couple things that I don't want to spoil. Um, because now there's a vacancy, uh, in the show with no sort of arrow sidekick, which isn't entirely true. Although technically, we really shouldn't call Black Canary a sidekick. <laughs> um, no, no, probably not. But uh, there, there is now definitely a, a vacancy, and I, I think we might have saw a hint of where they're going with that. But 
Yeah. I, I believe we'll in the article. We'll stop there because I don't want to spoil. In, in the article, it definitely it definitely says to to watch the season finale. Uh, for an answer to that question, uh, so I I think I think you know definitely I'll, I'll probably watch it tomorrow. Um, the the most current episode, and then and then I'll I'll hit up this week. I'll I'll try and watch it as close to airing as possible. So, um, but on that note, I did watch the Flash this week. Yeah, what'd you think? Um, man, the dynamic between Iris and Eddie, I didn't see it going south that quickly. Was that not just some of the worst writing in the show? I I mean, they kind of alluded to it in the last episode, and, and here's here's kind of where they do themselves a disservice, because the last episode um, was actually two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago as we record this, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I watched it last night, and... The subtle nuances of the show, like the relationship between Iris and Eddie, you can't really be taking weeks off in the middle of of that development because it's it's not a major plot point necessarily. I'm not saying it's minor, it's it, but it, but it's a subplot for sure. And to take weeks off in the middle of that kind of distracts from it. I mean, because I was totally taken out of it, and then I watched the show again last night. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the breakup happens. And I was just like, man, that really escalated quickly. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So there's a couple things that bother me. First off, um, we have Iris going the totally rational route of deciding in front of famous rich person who she's never met and his girlfriend who is well-respected amongst their group of peers. Um, she decides to at dinner essentially drop a bomb like i could not picture that situation happening in real life like that situation where yes we're going to talk about this at dinner at this super fancy restaurant this guy has bought the entire thing out so we can have a nice fine evening like that part of it was so cringy uh, um i almost couldn't watch and then the, sort of go ahead the the whole dinner scene uh to your point was uh really contrived i mean just barely leaving the table and all of a sudden felicity has to pee right at the same time like it don't even i don't know i mean maybe maybe it was just see like that part i could buy because like if that were to happen in real life and i were at that table then yes i would have immediately thought of some excuse to like oh i got a call from work i have to go take this you know like i would something to get up from that table at that point would have been you know, because that to me was just Iris being completely nuts. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the Felicity following Barry, like they almost didn't even try to mask that that was happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, the whole dinner scene I wasn't necessarily happy with. I I was actually I I liked the dialogue actually between uh, the three of them. You know, they're they're having their their pseudo clandestine meeting in the in the wine cellar, and then. I, I I liked the fact that when when Ray showed up, he was completely upfront about the fact that he was like, "Oh, by the way, um, I realized that neither one of you had to pee, and it's getting ugly out here." Kind of, a th- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I did like that. So definitely. Then the other thing that that bothered me is more Iris shenanigans. You know, like um, at the end of the episode, we have Barry of all people going to bat for Eddie. And, and, you know, really explaining to her a very good explanation of why 
Eddie doesn't feel like telling her every single part of his day, essentially. And she's still like, yeah, I get all that, but no. But like, you should still tell me every, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but no. Just no. So, yeah, that that part just drove me crazy a little bit. So so um, here's where I think they're going with it, and, and that's why this part didn't bother me nearly as much. I think she's starting to, to understand that she doesn't have the same feelings for Eddie that she has for Barry. And I think she's looking for a way out. I think that's true too. I just think they would. I wish they would have done a better job of that than than having her come off so friggin' nuts about it. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I think we can we can probably agree on that. Um, what else about that episode? There's a couple things that actually uh, that I made note of that that I thought were pretty cool. Um, a funny part um has to be uh, Barry. I'm the fastest man alive, being attacked by bees. So what does he do? Stand covers up and rolls on the there. ground. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was that was kind of lame. Um, what uh, what did you think of the 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 super villain in that episode though? Uh placeholder. I've, it, exposition for you know what else is going to happen. Um, I guess I guess maybe I should ask. What do you think of of the actress portraying that oh, particular? Oh, you super mean villain? Emily Emily Kinney, of course, yeah. from The Walking Dead. Yeah. I was I was kind of excited to see her in that like not not all that that soon after she her exit from The Walking Dead. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so Emily Kinney. Um, yeah. I it was nice to see her again after The Walking Dead. I liked her portrayal in that. So. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know that there's a lot she could have brought to that character. Yeah, I mean it was kind of interesting because like I said before, I think that uh, it was just sort of a background episode for um you know what was actually happening in the show which was probably the drama between iris and eddie and um the flash and and dr wells and all that so yeah setting setting the stage for for barry to finally finally break it to the other two definitely like wasn't my favorite episode because it really did just feel like a um a 40 minute setup for the last three minutes or something like that yeah i mean kind of uh i i I thought I thought definitely things could have could have played out a little bit better. Um, honestly, one of one of the strengths that 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 show has is that the the Flash's set of villains are just I mean they're they're so funny and and you can do so much with them that I I think bringing something in just as a one off kind of a kind of a situation um, was I don't know maybe detrimental a little bit to the show because. I mean, when when you think about it, you've got Captain Cold, um, and and just that dude is so cool, especially with Wentworth Miller, um, you know, yeah. playing him. That you kind of expect that kind of performance from the other villains, and and we didn't really get that. And that's not that's not Emily Kenny's fault at all. Um, there's um, no. there's there's not a lot she could have done with that role. And I think anybody that's watched The Walking Dead uh, for the past couple of years probably knows exactly what she's capable of. Um, and as many people complain about her um, role in that show, uh, even they know they're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Hence um, the giant, the giant outcry when they actually killed her off in the show. I mean, it's like all of anybody ever did was was complain about her until she died, and then everybody wanted her back. So, yeah, I really thought that was kind of a funny uh, uh, thing that sort of happened in the fandom, the fandom, because. I saw the same thing too. Like nobody, nobody liked Beth until Beth died, and then it was like, oh, we need Beth. 
it's sort of kind of like a thing that they do on the walking dead a little bit like they make characters almost deliberately unlikable until five minutes before they die like if you suddenly love somebody on the walking dead that you've previously hated you probably should just you know start writing their eulogy right now i'm not gonna say that i hated t-doc necessarily but i mean that's kind of the same thing like his character wasn't really i i don't know that valuable for quite a while and then all of a sudden he really kind of stepped it up and then boom gone yeah. so um yeah I, I get i get what you're saying about that so um I, I i guess the only reason they probably did it with the whole little robotic bees and all that kind of stuff is it gave ray palmer inspiration for fixing whatever was wrong with the suit which they didn't really elaborate on that much no i, um, I thought that was fine because i think that was a lot more about like I loved all the little Ray and Felicity puns and interaction there. Like the the best line of the whole episode was probably when uh, I can't remember if it was Wells or Barry, but one of them says something like, "Oh my God, there's two of them." Like, right? Are, are you are you sure you're not related? You know, like no, that was Arrow in the last episode. This episode, I think I'm I'm sure they said something along the lines of, "There's two of them." You know that that was hilarious the dynamic between felicity and, and ray is, is amazing and honestly felicity she could do double duty and, and be on both shows regularly and it wouldn't bother me i actually liked felicity on the flash a lot more than i've liked felicity on arrow lately which is kind of funny because on arrow it seems like felicity's been a lot more whiny and sort of cwe you know if that makes any sense and then on the flash it was sort of a return to form she's a lot more back to her witty you know normal semi-awkward self which is uh what i like about that character so i I think we're gonna end up seeing felicity as as kind of she's gonna develop into into being kind of the heartbeat of the cw tv franchise and that's that's fine with me i think i think that's a good direction to take her yeah, she's she's a good crossover for them. Um, it make it makes a lot of sense, I think, especially with how they set it up, um, even with the flash from the beginning. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, man. Oh, that that's the other thing. Uh, you watch the um. Superhero Fight Club, they did from the Arrow and Flash universes. I I don't think I actually did watch it. I got it right here but i I didn't i didn't actually watch it uh it's just kind of neat uh it's not you know like it certainly won't um give you any new clues about the shows or anything like that but it was just kind of a fun little fan service that they did um so it it was worth watching for that i thought it was pretty cool yeah no i think i think i'll probably check it out um either tonight after after we wrap or or i'll i'll check it out tomorrow when i'm home um and then and then maybe we can we can just touch on it briefly in, in next week's show just a little bit. Yeah. Um, man, I, I didn't mean to cut your legs out on on that one. I just I I totally didn't realize it was a video until you said something right now. <laughs> so. No, no, it's it's fine. Like I said, it, it's it's like a three minute, and it's really just fan service. It's not it's not at all key to anything. So what else do we have? I guess I guess after Arrow and Flash, I guess we we have uh, Katie Sackoff. And, yeah and who doesn't mind talking about katie sackhoff right uh so katie sackhoff of battlestar galactica fame or the uh power rangers 15 minute youtube uh short if you saw that one which i did not until you showed it to me and it was uh really cool actually so which apparently has been pulled from youtube now 
Really? I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, it's uh and and the filmmakers vow to fight. I don't know what they're fighting. I don't know if they're fighting that it was on YouTube to begin with or if they're fighting the fact that it was that it was pulled. Um but I mean it's YouTube, so I mean what's what if what is pulled mean? I mean it's gone for five minutes and then somebody else will post it. So Well yeah, and it's ridiculously simple to get YouTube to pull anything, so Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't think we've seen the last of it, and I hope we actually haven't seen the last one of those. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a, a little bit more on that, on that whole thing. But um, that that being said, Katie Sackoff. Um, uh, aside from that, um, from those two things, she's also uh, in Longmire, which I don't know if you watch, but it's 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 on Netflix, and I definitely recommend anybody who's interested in watching like a uh it's 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 kind of a cop show uh type thing but she's she's in it and she's good in it uh-uh i haven't riddick. seen it oh and, did and, see and, riddick like and, and you do get to riddick. see more to, more of katie sackoff and riddick than than in anything else she's been in so there you go uh so Netflix if you want to see that evening. there you go <laughs> um but yeah this this is interesting because i think katie sackoff is has uh I don't want to say resigned herself because I think I think she's capable of doing whatever she wants to do. I, I think she's definitely um, decided that the sci-fi slash fantasy genre is what she wants to do. Um, and I think anytime you you have an actor or an actress, if you put them in a position where they're able to choose to do something, um, I think their performances are always going to stand out a little bit more than if they're just taking a job because it's a paycheck. Oh, definitely. Um, Definitely, I think actors do better in things that they like. You know, interestingly to me, Tom Cruise is the first thing that springs to mind here because Tom Cruise, now that he could probably make whatever movie he wants, seems to be choosing to make more sci-fi movies than anything lately. Right. Edge of Tomorrow being being a a big one. Yeah, and then uh, Oblivion before that, which were two really solid sci-fi. I mean, they were not, I think, groundbreaking in any way, but they were very solid sci-fi action movies. So, but anyway, uh, Katie Sackhoff and Rain. It looks uh, like an interesting idea. Um, the basic idea uh, is, you know, sort of of a future species viewed through the eyes of a soldier, which is the the titular Rain played by Sackhoff. So, looks interesting. I'll probably, if nothing else, watch the first few episodes. So yeah, and this is this is one that she's created, I, I guess. So I'm I'm excited to see how that works out for. Her. Um, obviously, Battlestar Galactica was a big franchise um, back in the '70s, and she I don't know if she fell into it, but she definitely got the role of of Starbuck and and fucking nailed it. And oh, terms definitely. Of, um, and that was sort what, of an interesting one to begin with because you know, of course, Starbuck was a male in the original series and. But but she did a, just a fantastic job, um, as Starbuck in the the re- BSG reboot. So yeah, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there on a limb and and put my nerd card up uh, on on this. I I actually have not watched all of Star Trek or Star Trek. Cut that, Battlestar. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched it all. I, I'm actually I've only watched the first season of it, and it's not because I didn't enjoy it. It's just because. That show is one of those shows that you really have to be able to sit down. Oh yeah, and dedicate yourself to be able to watch that show, and any interruption means you got to start over or you know skip back and and watch at least quite a bit of that. You know, um, 
and some, you know, I have a hard time. If you, if you don't, then you're going to watch the next episode and, and you're going to wonder why something is happening in that episode, not realizing that you missed the reason in the previous one. I have a hard time with the, the um, Battlestar franchise uh, because they did a really good job at certain things, but they're definitely weak weak episodes and weak seasons in that show and, and i really didn't like the way they they finished it off so um it's worth it to watch certainly um and it, i think it's definitely inspirational for a lot of shows that we have on tv today um but it, it there's a lot of places it could have been better i i think it's interesting to note about battlestar that when that when it first started and and they were advertising um they really were pushing um you know the um the cylon uh trisha helfer oh yeah definitely as as being like the sex symbol of the show and everything and and here we are several years later and and katie sackhoff the the tomboy uh you know fighter pilot is is all the rage uh still when it comes to to sci-fi fantasy stuff um, or or just entertainment in general. So, um, because one one thing that we forgot to mention is she actually was pretty, uh, pretty goddamn good in in twenty four. Um, I think it was season seven that she was in the same season that uh, that Freddie Prince Jr. was in it. Yeah, uh, maybe that was eight. Maybe that was season eight. I don't so. know. This this is a nerd co- like nerd point reduction, but I don't think I've seen a single episode of twenty four. Um. If you got Amazon Prime, check it out. Yeah, obviously it, it seems to be well liked um, for the most part. So the the concept was cool, uh, especially for the first season and and the second season and even the third. The concept is still cool either way when you when you think about it. It's it's your I mean everything's done in real time or or theoretically in real time. Um, obviously, there's only so many times one person can save the world or the country or or whatever the case may be. Yeah, of course. Um, so it gets a little bit formulaic as as it goes on, but that's not to take anything away from from the performance of the actors or the the overall story in general. Well, it's like so. House House used to be one of my favorite shows, even though the it had essentially the same formula, episode after episode after episode. I I kind of can't get past season six in House either, so you know maybe, and maybe that's maybe that's kind of the Fox curse. Just yeah, they they either kill it way before they should or run it into the ground. Um yeah, it, oh you know I I don't know. Uh, moving moving on from Katie Sackhoff, I don't I don't know how we haven't talked about this in either last week's show or this week's show yet. Um, X Files, dude. Yeah, I don't know how we haven't talked about that either. Speaking of speaking of Fox shows that uh, ended poorly, yeah. <laughs> um, not, you know, not not to get into a religion versus science debate or anything like that. I I, I really the last couple seasons of of X Files obviously were uh, not up up to the same level as as the previous seasons because of of Duchovny's absence through most of them. Um, the the last X Files movie that they did, where they kind of touched on um, everything having happened based on religion and and such, I I thought it kind of felt like a cop out to me. Yeah, honestly, I I don't even know how many X Files movies are there. It was there just the one, or was there a second? 
There's two. There, there was Fight the Future was actually done um, while the show was still running. Yeah, I see. I don't think I've seen the second one. Um, X-Files is another one of those shows that I really liked it for a while, and then I just didn't. I just stopped watching, stopped having any part of. Um, and maybe that's because, you know, it, it sort of got old to me or what, but um, I'm interested to see it come back. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to have it have it back on the air in whatever form it happens to take. I like the show. I like the story. Um, but that that could have you know very highs and lows too. Like, I'm I'm yeah. anxious to see where they're gonna go. You know, from where they from where they they left off. I mean, check check out the second movie when you get a chance. Um, I think it was was that one. I think it was I want to believe. Hmm. Um. So so check it out when you get the chance. So you, you can see what I'm talking about. But they 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 went they went all spiritual on it, and and the the spirit of X Files from the beginning was was is there life out there we found out obviously there was life out there um and so to 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 kind of bring it back around to a to a almost a religious ending like i said it seemed like a cop out and i don't i don't know i don't know how anybody could have been happy with an ending like that um unless it was what chris columbus thought about from the very beginning which i don't i don't think it was it didn't feel very x-files-ish to me at the end so um, I'm I'm looking forward to see that seeing the new show because I I don't think they're going to take that direction and I kind of hope they explain it. That's interesting because the thing that I I think most of when I see an X Files reboot or X Files coming back is God I wish they would bring back Firefly. Except for I have the same fears of like if they bring back Firefly and don't do it well, would that be you know better or worse than than have just letting it go out on a high note. Could they bring back Firefly and not do it well? <laughs> See, that that's really the question. I mean, there there's a lot of um, timing and magic that happened in the original series. And, you know, of course, now we're so far away from um, Firefly that it, 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 to me, would be a big question if we could get Firefly back and really recapture the magic that it had. Uh, I mean, we're, we're far away from Serenity even at this point. Yeah. So... That, you know, if they brought back Firefly, I'd almost want them to just ignore Serenity. Like, they, they like, no, Wash and, Wash and Book are just fine. They're over here. Wash is making jokes and playing with dinosaurs, you know, like. Right. What, right. nothing happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> like, Fillion could just deadpan, look right in the camera and say, it was all a dream, and I would be totally fine with it. Yeah, I mean, had, I almost don't even know how you do that at this point. I mean... Fillion, obviously, everybody is always asking him when they're gonna when they're gonna redo it and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think what a lot of people don't don't realize at this point is that Summer Glau is is so huge compared to where she was. Oh, that's during... true. That's true for a lot of the cast, um, and they've all gone on to do something else. Gina Torres is, I think, on her own show now. Um, Nathan Fillion, of course, plays Castle. Uh, Summer Glau's done all kinds of stuff, and she's—I don't know what she's doing right now. Um, um, you know, I'll tell you what's too bad she's not doing is more of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, but... I—I never watched that, but I've heard good things too. But that was another one that fire, that Fox canceled, and and once I learned that it it cannot end in a satisfying manner, I have a really hard time like investing myself in it. So, yeah, no, it, it's. 
I, I haven't watched the second season, to be honest, but the, the first season was, was really, really good. And just, you know, all those, you're, I, yeah, all those, all those, all those actors, though. I mean, Gina Torres actually, um, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this if you, if you end up watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, because Gina Torres was actually in season four of Angel, uh, toward the end. Um, had a huge, huge role in that. Uh, Nathan Fillion in Buffy the Vampire Slayer season seven had a pretty, pretty decent sized role uh, toward the end of that that yeah. season as well. I like how um, incestuous uh, Joss is with his casting choices. Like Joss he- does, Josh does what he does because he wants to do it, and and when he has people that he's worked with before that he knows will be able to do what he wants to do. I think he almost writes those characters for those, those particular. Oh, definitely. Um, I think you could definitely see that, um, as sort of Joss's career progresses. Yeah. Doll, Dollhouse is, is the one that I actually haven't watched all of. Yeah. Um, in fact, I've only watched, probably watched the first three or four episodes of it. And it's, I mean, but it is definitely, uh, Eliza Dushku. I mean, you, you know, there's there's no doubt that that's that's who that particular role was was See, written for. Uh, probably gonna get hate for this, but I didn't really like Dollhouse all that much. I like the idea of Dollhouse, but I didn't think it was well as executed. And I just don't really like Eliza Dushku. Like, I don't think she's particularly a, a good actress actress in any way. Um, and some some in some ways she was just bad in the in the show. So. There were a few things that I really liked about about Dollhouse, um, but that was one I almost felt like I could side with Fox a little bit on its uh, decision to cancel. The only reason I couldn't is because I think Joss is definitely one of those people that if just let him run, he's going to do things that may be scary a little bit in the beginning, but just let him run and he'll come up with something amazing. Right. I mean... Honestly, um, Eliza Dushku, you might change your mind about her and and possibly her role in, in Dollhouse once you're finished watching Buffy because she was she was a big part of that of, of the whole Buffy verse as a, as a whole. Yeah. Really, she was she was in both, um, and the character that that she was, she totally needed to be. So, um. Yeah, you know, and, I'll check it out. But, I still haven't started watching that yet, so <laughs> I'm gonna push you until you do. <laughs> Actually, I've I've run out of things. Like I'm finally all caught up because I only really watch four or five shows, and I'm all caught up. So I I need a good uh, series to binge on. That that'll do it. Uh, you'll definitely, especially the first couple seasons. Uh, it's definitely very monster of the weekish. Um, well, the first season's only twelve episodes anyway, but but after that is kind of. It's kind of monster of the weakest for a while, and then once the characters really kind of develop um, and and have a presence of their own, is when the show gets really, really good. Yeah. All right. Um, we got anything else? I don't know that I got anything else at this point. Um, call it a show. We should, yeah, we should probably call it a show. We're do, are we gonna do a, an after show that and and talk about um, how this all happened. So, um, so this is going to be, this is an after show We're we're, we're going to, we're going to put this up, um, obviously, but it's going to be separate from the, from the full episodes. Uh, we thought it would be a good idea actually to, to kind of talk to everybody and, and let them know, um, kind of who we are, 
and why we're doing what we're doing, um, you know, how it all came to be. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of start off a little bit. I mean, I'm, I've, I've been into science fiction, fantasy, that kind of stuff since I was a kid. I don't remember not being interested in that kind of thing. Um, you know, from the first time my sister showed me Empire Strikes Back, I think. Um, which I think was to shut me up because I don't think she really cared all that much. <laughs> but, uh, but look what it did. Um, anyway, and so I, I, it's, we live in a day and age now where it, I, I think you're almost doing people a disservice if you don't, uh, talk about things that you like and why you like them. And, um, you know, just pop culture in general is, is so huge these days. So, um, one of the things we haven't really touched on in this podcast, um, and we might actually spin off a different podcast to do it, um, is music. Cause, uh, both Eddie and I are, are super, super huge into, into music of, of most genres. I won't say all because that, that would be a lie. Yeah. But, and honestly, we skew heavily towards rock metal, etc. Yeah. Um, but uh and 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 but music i think is a is a is a good thing for he and i, he and I talk about um on a, on a different show but specifically though because he and i met working um at a fast food restaurant years ago and that was kind of how we got to know each other was we we had a lot of similar interests in music and stuff and um once we started talking about that we realized that we had similar interests in um almost everything else as well <laughs> so yeah, it's actually um, getting a little creepy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, case in point, uh, I've I've been married twice now um, since I've known him, and he's he's married uh, still. You know, the to to the first wife. So so kudos to him on that one. Um, yeah, I think it has something to do with his best man. I don't know. Pro- probably. Uh, <laughs> so okay, that's a funny story to go into to begin with. So for uh, uh, the home listeners. We haven't really hung out or talked. I mean, I, I think we sound pretty comfortable on the podcast, but we don't really hang out or we haven't really hung out on a regular basis. Years. For some time. Years, yeah. And so, <laughs> I don't know what started it, but, you know, just one day I decided to come over and hang out and we're kind of sitting there shooting the shit and you say, do you want to do a podcast? Which, first off, blows me away because the regular circle that I roll with probably doesn't really know what a podcast is or maybe has some knowledge of it but don't actually listen to any podcasts um so that's one two is i've been dying to do a podcast for at least a year or two like just been dying to find something that that was interesting enough to you know record and put out there so uh, uh the timing sort of serendipity i think could not be a better way to describe that yeah, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the most interesting things about it is, is uh, you know, we we kind of, I don't want to say we went our separate ways because we didn't really go anywhere, um, but yeah. we kind of got involved in in our own lives to an extent where we 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 didn't talk to each other for probably it, it was probably at least a couple of years. Yeah, um, that sounds right. And, and I think I think you know we we maintain communication via text message uh, occasionally, uh, things like that, and and then. I think it was maybe three, three and a half years ago. Uh, you came over and hung out, um, you know, when I was living in a different place and then another couple of years went by, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then, and then just, a, just a few months ago is when you, when you came back that, that fateful day when, when I popped the, the question as it were, the, do you want to do a podcast? Yeah. 
the, the holiest of questions. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, so that's kind of where we're at, uh, in, in terms of that. And this podcast is, is young, obviously we're gonna, we're gonna grow. Uh, well, I hope we're gonna grow, but I mean, uh, we're definitely going to, as podcasters, we're going to grow for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get into a, a more regular rhythm. Um, at some point we're, we're hoping to be able to do more of these, you know, live rather than, um, and when I say live, I mean both of us in the same room rather than, than the Skype thing. Um, Actually, I, I do have it on a back burner. I do want to do a, eventually a live show. That that would be cool. Um, I, I'm totally, totally See, down. This is one of the things I love about the day and age we live in. It's not even that difficult anymore. Like, it's not even that difficult to do. Like, if you go back 20 years, doing your own live show that you put out for more than two people was fantastically difficult and you either had to have a lot of money, a lot of talent or, you know, something in between. Hopefully we have a lot of talent, but we definitely don't have a lot of money. Um, but these days it's really not that difficult to, um, you know, produce quality content and, and, you know, make it really sound pretty professional, which that's another note I want to make too. We're learning as we go. Uh, so the first episode, for example, there's a lot of echo that I just couldn't get around and couldn't get out of. And I think this episode is going to sound better, but I still think we're going to get a little bit more room echo than I would like, especially on my end. So yeah, we'll get better I, I, as we go. I think I, I want to give a, a particular shout out to, uh, to Eddie in this particular situation, because the, the podcast in general, um, we both individually have wanted to do podcasts for a long time. Um, the whatever banner, um, that's actually, I got to credit my wife for that one. That was totally, um, her, her idea, um, in terms of doing that. But, uh, Eddie has done just about every piece of technical work there is to have been done on this. I mean, we, we each do our own recordings, but then at the end of the day, they get, they get sent to him and, and he's been doing the editing. Um, he's, he's put together the website, uh, opened up the Twitter, uh, I don't know if we've done a Facebook page yet because I haven't talked to him about it yet, but I mean, he's, he's basically, um, in addition yeah. to doing his full-time job, um, and being a, a father of three, um, and a husband to Ashley, which anybody that knows us knows that that's a full-time job in and of itself. So <laughs> now I have to make her listen to this episode. <laughs> um, um, anyway, uh, I just, I, I definitely, like I said, I wanted to give him a shout out for that and, and thank you, Eddie, for, for putting in all the work that you have done for it because uh, we wouldn't be doing this if you hadn't done that. Yeah, that's actually been kind of fun too. I mean, there's a lot of learning in that. Like, uh, I, I'd never really extensively edited any audio beforehand and so editing podcasts is certainly different than, you know, putting together a multi-track mix for a song or something like that. But there's been a lot of learning that's gone on in that and I, I only had really a tertiary knowledge of... Um, uh, web web development beforehands and so now we're learning ruby on rails and stuff like that to get a, a website together which as of this time i don't think we've actually posted so probably gonna want to yeah, work on that it's it's not up but it will be very yeah. shortly <laughs> there is a website it exists it's just not where anybody can see it um uh but yeah it's been a lot of fun uh hopefully at some point i either want to i don't know if i blog or or do a separate podcast sort of talking about the um minutia of of getting a podcast going i think that's been kind of fun and and luckily and you know again speaking to the day we live in I, it's not like there's been a shortage of resources but i think uh telling that story of you know how do you get this sort of thing going um 
is interesting too for anybody else that might listen to the startup podcast have you checked that one out i have not uh it's really interesting because it, uh the first season at least of the startup podcast is a very meta like so it's uh the guy from planet money alex bloomberg um hopefully that's right because there's two alexes and i can't ever remember which is which but he decides he wants to start his own podcast company and for those of you unfamiliar uh alex it was also semi-related to um the uh, uh this american life which a lot of you probably have heard of um and he wanted to put out a quality program like that and so the whole startup podcast is based on that idea of you know how do we actually form a business form a company around that idea of producing quality audio content and, and you know produce and producing podcasts so that to me has been a little bit inspirational and in actually getting this thing off the ground and i'd kind of like to do a little bit more of the technical back-end stuff of like okay so you want to make a podcast here's what you need to do um but i don't know i'm probably waiting a little bit longer on that one until we see hopefully some success from this so right um honestly and in, in the whole idea of, of whatever um we we hope we hope at some point um uh, that in in the uh in the footsteps of of smodcast from kevin smith and everything that we actually have a, an entire network of podcasts uh um, it may not always be Eddie and I together. We may be um, either by ourselves, uh, you know, doing a, a daily rant on something that doesn't necessarily fit in with the norm for whatever. -y. Um, this this is the flagship show. This is whatever. -y. Um, but but it, at some point we hope to have different different genres of shows that uh, that we put together for different reasons. Um, you know. Yeah. Music. That that i think music is a big one i think you you're talking about sports a lot and i think that could be really interesting um i would really like to get um some guests in here at some point um so I, you know i hope we get big enough that we 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 can you know get emails read you know by uh, people that are interesting and um you know that doesn't necessarily have to be like i don't think we're probably going to be pulling down ben affleck like how's that new batman rule treating you lately but I do think it'd be interesting if we could find, you know, artists and, and writers and comics and stuff like that and interview them. So hope to get there at some point. And, and honestly, that would be, I, I in my view, uh, a natural progression of, of this particular show. Oh yeah, um, definitely. So, um, but, but yeah, I'm definitely, you know, different, different things that we, we, we want to do and will do if given the opportunity, uh, so I, I I plan on having uh just a heyday you know with with podcasting stuff. In fact, uh, I don't know if Eddie's doing the same thing, and I'm sure he is. But every time I see something that I think we could talk about, I'm I'm you know taking notes on it or or jotting oh, it down on my phone so I remember and and stuff like that. I'm just excited to be able to talk to uh somebody about it who who cares um about the same things and as passionately as as I do. Um, it's nice. I mean, we all, we all probably, we love our spouses and if we have them or significant others. Um, but they don't always necessarily share the same passion for the same things. We might like them, but maybe, maybe we don't love them the same. So, uh, that's, that's kind of a, a fun thing to be able to do, um, and, and have an outlet for that. Definitely. Um, I think we've both talked about this before and I think we've both agreed that we'd probably do this even if nobody ever listens. So, yeah. Might as well put it yeah. out there. Sure. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't see why we wouldn't. And you know, people, I, I, some people will listen. And and for those people, we thank you. Yeah. Um, also, and on on the on the level of thanks, I I think um, just for the inspiration and stuff like that, I I I think this can't happen um, without some of the podcast pioneers, uh, Chris Hardwick. Uh, being one of them, uh, Kevin Definitely. Smith, obviously, we we talked about him a little bit um, earlier. Um, those two in particular are are huge um, in in the podcast industry. Adam Carolla, uh, Adam Carolla is probably the the podcast pioneer, really. Um, I think I'm, we're probably taking a lot of format uh, from them. Uh, um, where I'm getting a lot of my knowledge of you know podcasting in the minutia and the back side of things is uh, a lot. My my favorite podcast right now is probably the Accidental Tech Podcast, which is sort of an Apple centric um, tech podcast um, that I really like. Uh, you know, the other big one in sort of the tech side of things would be This Week in Tech, which honestly I don't listen to a lot anymore because it's not as close to this format as I would like. I like the sort of open discussion style podcast of. Um, rather than a more formal like radio program. That said, my other favorite show or one of my other favorite shows is the very well done, well produced This American Life. Um, so I'm taking a lot of inspiration on how they do things um, from all of those different areas. And you know, like Matt mentioned, Kevin Kevin Smith and Nerdist and all of those guys. Um, definitely paying attention to those guys because I th- I think their contribution to podcasting in general c- can't be ignored. And uh, it, it's definitely where a lot of what we're getting is coming from so sure and and uh just a couple other guys that i that i want to mention that i i take particular influence from um and and this is you know you know maybe maybe you're gonna revoke my nerd card for this too but i'm i'm a big 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 wrestling fan i've been watching wrestling since i was a kid no wrestling is more nerd points i think like wrestling is another (laughs) one of those like like when you explain to somebody like that an issue of 33 of ultimate spider-man or something like that that this happened like that's right up the lot along the lines i think of of wrestling like when you when you start you know we were talking pretty extensively the other day about the montreal screw job and, and that thing which is actually a really good episode of another podcast i really like called the radio lab um but no i think that that's only more nerd nerd points so so i gotta give a shout out to to chris jericho and stone cold steve austin both because they they both put together a pretty stellar podcast um just in terms of of these are these are characters that i've watched on tv for years and years and and now that they're uh retired or semi-retired uh we we get to listen to them uh, a couple times a week actually uh just be themselves and and interview other people as themselves which uh in this day and age where where uh kayfabe is dead it's 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 nice to to be able to to take yourself out of the the wrestling TV show for a minute and and listen to what the real people have to say about about different topics. So actually, um, turns out to be pretty interesting because on your advice, I was listening to the um uh Smodcast with uh, Chris Jericho the other day, um, probably about a month ago now actually, and it it was phenomenal. Um, Chris Jericho, who I didn't really know outside of wrestling, but uh, um turned out to be just a brilliant really super interesting podcast so that's kind of what i hope to do with this one is is kind of say interesting things or tell talk about interesting things um they may not expect i guess yeah definitely and and you know for anybody listening uh to the after show 
Uh, and we'll talk about this more in later shows. Uh, probably uh, throw it out there in the introduction a couple times. Um, at whatever show on Twitter, hit us up. Um, if you have any suggestions, um, anything that you think we should cover, um, or you know, criticisms, we're 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 learning as we go. So um, yeah. give us give us some feedback. Uh, we'll either take it or we won't. You know, there's no point uh, in uh, not telling us what's going on uh, as far as as far as how you feel about the show and everything like that. So. Um, and if you, if you like the show, that's probably the best way you can support us right now. Tell your friends, uh, whatever.co or at whatever show on Twitter. Um, yeah, we'll probably set up a Facebook page at some point. I mean, I hate Facebook, but lots of people seem to, (laughs) lots of people seem to like it. So I, I still use it. So we'll, we'll put a page up, uh, and, and then, um, I haven't, I haven't got the, the email account set up yet, but we will have an email, um, that, that both of us will review on a regular basis. So, you can uh, you can always email us too once we have the uh, the email address we'll we'll get it out to you guys yeah all right thanks for listening so yes thank you very much.